Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode five of the Mac and Kevin podcast. I, as always, am Kevin Blakicki, and I am joined by who am I? Who am I joined by today? I don't, I don't know. Hello, everybody. This is Mac Daddy checking in episode five Mac and Kevin podcast, and today we will exclusively be discussing the 2020 NFL draft. We finally draft had sports, Kevin. Yes, we finally have real, actual things to talk about and uh of course you know i enjoyed the draft um i also enjoyed the memes and one of my um one of my favorite ones was where it said that espn whenever a player gets drafted they uh make a list of all the people that they love that's now dead and i found that absolutely hilarious and accurate because i mean Jeez, I was just worn out. Like it seems like one of the requirements for being in the draft was having a, a dead relative or a dead friend or something. I just, I mean, rest in peace to you know those who have passed and who have affected other people's lives. But I mean, you know, having only growing up with one parent doesn't make you a better football player. You know, it maybe gives you more heart and more perspective, but it's not going to make you run faster or jump higher. But it right. will make I, you work harder. Yeah, I, I got to be honest, man. I, I get it that a lot of these a lot of these guys that are drafted, you know, they come from environments and places that their only way out is, you know, through sports. I, I really do get that because that's kind of like what history has shown us as well. But and it's, uh, evol- it's a it's of all people, you know, it doesn't but, discriminate. But I mean, honestly, like there's everyday people that go through the same things and you don't see ESPN or even major news outlets celebrating us. I mean, yeah. I could write it's, a book mainly, on the shit I've been through in my life and here I am, you know, yeah. filming a podcast. But, like, yeah. I, you know, yeah, I, I know, but honestly, I, I agree with you. It was it's definitely overkill. It's definitely overkill. Um, I could see them doing it for the top picks and all that. Although Joe Burrow didn't really have much to overcome besides being, you know, uh, let go from, I believe it was Ohio State, right? Winning a national title, you know. Yeah. Oh, um, boohoo, boohoo, boohoo. The guy yeah. came from a good, good home and everything. So, um, anyway, man, I honestly just think that uh, whether what, congratulations to the, you know, you know, the young men who have taken the next step and have been chosen to take the next step in the NFL. Um, so let's let's uh, move on to them. Let's let's celebrate them and let's, kind of. Yes. Let's let's give a huge shout out to Javon Kinlaw. I mean, we we do talk about rough upbringings. He definitely had it. He was he used to be homeless and now he was a first pick. He was a first round pick, so he definitely deserves all the credit in the world. Uh, very hard worker. We can call also him shout out to Brian Edwards Michael and all Orr. the Gamecocks that got drafted. Go Cox! Cox by yes. ninety. Got to wrap my school. We can call Javon Kinlaw the 2020 Michael Orr. Yeah, hopefully they'll make a movie out of him. I would, right I would side watch. part two. Oh, yeah. Left side, <laughs> right side. Or Javon Kinlaw's a safety, so. No, J- Javon. No, Javon. I'm, I keep telling you, Javon Kinlaw is a defensive end. Oh, I'm I an know. idiot. All right. Anyway. The Giants, the Giants got TJ Brunson, another game cock. The Giants actually had a pretty good draft. As a Giants fan, I was – The SEC uh, had a great draft. They had how many Alabama players taken in the first two days? Jeez. Oh, it was – oh, my goodness. It was well, – Nick Saban just knows how to prepare you for the next level. He doesn't know how to succeed know. at coaching at the next level, but he knows how to prepare you for it. 
Yeah. He, yeah. So he's saying he doesn't have like a like a cure for the the disease yet, and he just he's seen it, and he can tell you what it does to you. He just can't cure it. Yeah, it just doesn't have the vaccine. Kind of like we don't have a vaccine for coronavirus yet. Um, well, it's a virus. You can't get a vaccine for a virus. Or at least yeah. that's that's what one person told me, and I'm just taking it as spiritual gospel. I don't know anything about the coronavirus. I'm not a doctor. Uh, I've so, never seen Grey's Anatomy, so I don't know how to be a doctor. Um, I do listen to Dr. Dre, and I do love Dr. Pepper. But once again, uh, I'm not a doctor. I have to be a fan of Mr. Pibb a little bit more than uh, Dr. Pepper. But it's the that same is the thing. Generic version. I know. Yeah, but you is. know. But I mean, I, I would I would take a Sam's Cola over a Coke. I would Sam's take RC Coke. over all of them. RC Cola is so good. The best the best soda is freaking Mug Root Beer. Oh, I hate root beer. I can't do what? it. How do you hate root beer? I'm just I don't know. I guess I'm not really you know a genuine American because I hate root beer. But uh, yeah, I, I did. Uh, I do see the the uh, the anti-American hate flowing through your body. Yes, yes. Freaking I, I, I love America. I'm kidding, but because everywhere, even though even though I'm in Alberta, Canada, up here, even they love their root beer too. I, we have two A and W's in the small town that I live in, so they do love their root beer up here. So anyway, Kevin, wait, they um, have like like A and W stores, A and W restaurants. It's two fast, it's a fast food chain. Really? Yeah, I it's actually pretty that. good. Except every time I eat it, it makes me puke, so I don't eat it anymore. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's not it's not real fast food if it doesn't make you puke. Well, what I think is I was so used to eating the American fast food for so long and maybe like, you know, the cats and rats that stuck in there. And now I'm eating real fast food that's actually yeah. genuinely made with like good stuff. And my body's just rejecting it because I need you, shit. Have you ever had Culver's? <laughs> what was that? Have you ever had Culver's? No. Culver's, C-U-L-V-E-R-S. Yes, it's, I know. It's a poppin' joint. Mm. Uh, you, you've had, have you had, do you have cookout? You don't have cookout, do you? No. no. Cookout, cookout's also good, and it's also cheap as hell. You can get a tray for five bucks. It comes with like a, a drink. I mean, like a like a burger or a sandwich or something, in two yeah. sides for like five bucks. And it's so drink. we're getting off topic a little bit here, Kevin. Well, so let's, I let's. mean, hey, it it's relevant. It's relevant. That's true. That's true. That's true. But yeah. let's bring it back to the draft. I want to ask you, who do you think? Uh, had the worst draft before we get into all the good let's start with the bad because we want to end on some positive uh, what do you think had the worst draft um i i don't know about the worst draft i do know the worst pick is jordan love to the packers why the hell are you drafting no well, i mean it's one thing if you're going to draft aaron Rodgers replacement but take him in the second round take him in the third round you could have taken um you know jacob easton or you could have taken Jake Fromm. I don't know why Jake Fromm went to the freaking f- fifth round. I don't know if he had some, you know, health issues or what. I don't know why he wasn't number, you know, at least I thought he was going to at least go in like the second or third round. He went in the fifth round. Um, but definitely trading trading up to Jordan Love, who I, I believe had 18 interceptions last year. And I know that he had a new offensive coordinator in – 
new teammates and stuff. But I just – I don't know. I mean, I, I, I would definitely take him maybe in like the third or fourth round. I mean, but I wouldn't – I mean, I, I just don't think. And for if we're going with teams whose draft I don't like, I did not like the Jets. Um, as a Jets fan, I give them maybe a D, maybe a D plus. I heard Denzel Mims is good. If, if it wasn't for Makai Becton, I would give this draft an F. But, I mean, I don't know why they're not drafting Rodrigo Blankenship, who is a great kicker from Georgia, although he did miss the game-winning kick in overtime against my South Carolina Gamecocks when we beat them when they were number three in Athens. Just saying, just just a little flex. I know you got I know you got to flex that in there. I do, I do, I have to. Um, but I, other way, Rodrigo Blankenship is a great kicker, and the Jets got rid of Jason Myers, who in one game I believe he kicked in, in the ballpark of five to seven field goals, and we won the game because of him. And he was a Pro Bowler. He was one of three or four Pro Bowlers, I believe, and. One of them was a freaking kicker, and they only have, what, like one or two of them on the roster in the whole – this was when they had the AFC versus the NFC, not like the team captains. But, you know, so for them to get rid of him was just a stupid move. And then to not draft that and instead take a punter, and I don't know why they're going for a running back and not, uh, you know, when they have – Le'Veon Bell, who is one of the best running backs in the league, and they just don't use him properly. And I don't know what that means, why they would replace him. I don't I don't get it. And I don't get why they're drafting a quarterback in the whatever fourth round when also Jake Fromm is available. What's what's with these quarter what's with these teams drafting quarterbacks that they don't freaking need? Yeah, well, I got to be honest. Um, the Eagles also sucked, too. Yes. Um, my worst pick, actually, you you just mentioned it, would have to be the Philadelphia Eagles. Carson Wentz is in desperate need of some skill players around him. Um, I think they found the running back of the future last year with Boston Scott. He had a great run. Um, no pun intended. But um, <laughs> I yeah, think that uh, they really needed to – get out there they needed to trade up they, all they had to do was switch draft picks for christ's sakes and draft cd lamb or jerry judy and what they decided to do however is draft jalen hurts which absolutely boggles my mind what the hell are you doing drafting jalen hurts i mean i get it jalen hurts he's great right he's great he, he's fantastic however, however and i get that carson wentz's injury history you know you need a good backup quarterback with that guy in the lineup but um because josh mccown we as we know ain't it um but as for the worst pick yeah i think the eagles taking jalen hurts i mean he would have been available way after that and even if they wanted a backup like you said eason was available jake Fromm was available jordan love probably would have been available uh, actually, no, the Packers were so inept that they took Jordan Love. Um, speaking on your Packers, Packers point, Aaron Rodgers made the point this week that they haven't drafted a good skill player for him in the first round since him. So in 2012. So like, or what was it? It was 2012. When Aaron Rodgers got drafted? Yeah. 
He was drafted in like 2005, I believe. All right. Well, whatever it, the case may be, um, I just think it, no, it was definitely 2012 because that was eight years ago, and the man's 35. So no, maybe it was before that. Anyway, I got my years wrong. I didn't do my research on Aaron Rodgers before I started the podcast. However, um, as for my Giants, why? Wow. How unprofessional. As, Oh, yeah. Sorry. I didn't look up Aaron Rodgers' life story. When I interview the guy one day, I will. Um, anyway. Good luck. <laughs> anyway, uh, as for my Giants, I actually um, – at first, I was really disappointed with the fourth pick. I was had my heart set on Isaiah Simmons. I think we really needed a pass rusher. But Andrew Thomas, um, even though he was ranked by the – um, the projections as the third best offensive lineman in the draft. I think he was also ranked the most pro ready. Um, and they definitely need to protect Daniel Jones. Cause that guy was just got hurt, hit way too much last year. Um, and they need to open up those holes for Saquon. Um, I, I, but I had my heart set on Simmons. Um, but they really addressed the needs that they needed. They drafted nothing but offensive linemen, linebackers and secondary help. Um, and then they signed some, uh, Un, you know, undrafted free agent wide receivers, which is good to have, you know, depth on your wide receiving core and everything. Um, but what I think, <clears throat> like I said, what I think the Giants did on their offensive line was great. I think, you know, hopefully one of them takes Nate Solder's job because that guy was the biggest waste of money we have ever spent. Um, hey, he was good with the Pats. He was good with the Pats, but, you know, like he just, you know what? He does one of these uh, bullfighter olays and just lets the guy by. These days, <laughs> you know, just collecting that paycheck and just playing the, the defensive. Yeah, line. I know, right? He's he does that turnstile offense. Dude, he is not protecting the future of the Giants franchise blindside at all. Um, but honestly, I think the Giants addressed the needs that they did. It's hard for me to admit that Dave Gettleman did a good job, but he did a substantially good job. Um, he definitely you know, did better than freaking Joe Douglas. Even though I hate. You know, most of the moves that I make, I can't say I hate Dave Gettleman, but I hate the moves he makes. So, um, you hate the moves he makes. You hate the moves he takes. If he makes a pick, then it makes you sick and you hate his ass. Uh, anyway, like what I did there? A little freestyle off the top? Because I asked you a question and you completely ignored it. (laughs) What would you ask me? Uh, I, I want to go – there are three teams that immediately pop up in my head. One is the Indianapolis Colts. They drafted, uh, as I mentioned before, Jonathan Taylor, halfback, Wisconsin. Absolutely, he is the steal of the draft. He was a phenomenal player in college. He's, he's in the top ten, maybe even top five of rushing and rushing yards of anyone in college football history. That is amazing. Um, and he only did that in, I believe, three years. I don't even think he went to his senior year. So, um, and then there was also Rodrigo Blankenship, who I mentioned. Uh, he will be a good kicker uh, to replace uh, Adam Vinatieri when when his time is is coming to an end. Uh, I, I I don't know if he's retired. If if he he's should, not, he, he should call it quits. He had a tough year last year. Yeah. And uh, they also, like I, we mentioned, Jacob Eason, uh, he will serve as a backup to Philip Rivers. I think that's great. Um, and the Ravens picking up uh, your guy Patrick Queen, linebacker, and um, 
sleeper pick of the draft. Yeah. And J.K. Dobbins. J.K. Dobbins, I mean, was great when he was at Ohio State. So um, it'll just be – I mean, they, they, they might run for, like, 500 yards a game. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no joke. They're gonna, yeah. they're, their running game's going to be dirty. And uh, and then the third team that comes to mind is the Raiders. Um, you know, they got some protection up in the offensive line. They also got uh, Ruggs from Alabama. And my guy Brian Edwards, wide receiver, South Carolina. So, um, yes, and those are both guys that the Jets passed up. I'm not mad that the Jets went offensive line first pick because that guy's a beast. But He's an animal. You know, yeah, but they definitely uh, – don't get me started with the Jets. Uh, I'm going to have a mental breakdown. I'm, I'm really glad that I was working during – on Saturday during the fourth through seventh round or else I would have thrown my phone at the wall and I would have smashed my television. I, I oh my God, me, me and my dad were, were not, we sat down and we watched the draft on Friday. We were not having a good time because either the jets would make a stupid pick or when they finally get up to, to select a player, then they freaking trade the pick. And then we got to wait another 20 minutes, half hour to see them take a player, and it's yeah. just uh. so. Anyway, who, who I think? So how, do you, the, uh, how do you think? Did you you saw you didn't get a chance to see the draft, right? I didn't get a chance to see the later rounds, no, but I did read up on it quite a bit. Um, yeah, I mean, who I think had the best draft, uh, in my opinion, who addressed the needs that they needed to address, in my in my mind. Um, and this is obviously completely unbiased because they're a div- div- division rival of mine. But uh, the Redskins, I think the Redskins had a great draft. Um, they addressed the needs with uh, Chase Young. And yeah. one of the sleepers is the undrafted signing of Randy Moss's son, Thaddeus Moss, at tight end. Yeah. I think that was absolutely brilliant because, let's face it, Jordan Reed can't stay on the field. As good of a talent as <laughs> right? he just can't stay on the field. And it's going to make me throw up as I say it. I'm going to puke as I say it. You really don't like the Redskins? No, 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 no. This is the, another team. Um, the uh, uh, the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, they uh, Them picking up C.D. Lamb. I don't hate the Cowboys. With, I just like watching them lose. I find it funny. To, to pick up C.D. Lamb to a couple with Amari Cooper, who they already have. Yeah. C.D. Um, Lamb was definitely honest, the biggest they gave Dak Prescott. If Dak Prescott does not succeed this year, can we please – Stop this narrative that he is a top QB in the league. I'm oh so no 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 no, no. That, that that conversation ended when he couldn't make the playoffs last year. The NFC East was hot garbage, and oh, he okay. couldn't win. He couldn't win ten games in that division when like half your schedule is against the freaking Giants and the Eagles, Redskins. like and the Redskins. Yeah, and the Reds who were absolutely awful last year. Um, yeah, but to me, geez. to me, I think Chase Young coming in there, you know, gives their defense a huge boost. Um, I think the Eagles again. The Eagles had a terrible draft, but they did make one move that I thought was really good for Carson Wentz, and that was picking up uh, Marquise Goodwin from the 49ers in a trade. Um, I also think yeah. the Dolphins had a pretty good draft, but listen, I am not a Tua fan. I think really? first of all. Left, first of all, lefty QBs do not succeed, a la Matt Leinart. But obviously, hey, Tua I'm left-handed. You better re- you better retract those comments. Yeah, but you're not a lefty QB in the NFL. 
Uh, I am when I play Madden, bro. I think Kent Stabler. Uh, there's not really that many successful lefty quarterbacks that have ever succeeded at the next level. Michael um, Vick. And I'm so, well, I said Michael Vick, Steve Young, and Ken Stabler. So anyway, but what I'm saying is that. Oh yeah, we forgot uh, Jared Lorenz and the hefty lefty. R.I.P. But anyway, yeah, I know, right? um, to me, Tua's hip injuries at such a young age really concern me. Um, I think you might be in the makings of seeing another RG3. Uh, really? He might have, yeah, he might have a really? good one or two seasons, and then he might fall off because of the way he plays. He, you know, I like the way he plays. Listen, Tua is a great kid. Don't get me wrong, Tua is a great kid. I think yeah, he, he does have really an upside. Nice. He does have an upside, but what I think is going to happen is those injuries are going to uh, catch up with him because of the way he plays physically. You know. Um, We'll see. We'll see how it uh, translates to the next level. Um, anyway, that is the beginning of the Mac and Kevin draft special, and we'll be back right after this quick break. Hello, everybody. and Welcome back to episode five of the Mac and Kevin podcast. And before we get back to our lovely conversation today, I'd like to tell you a little bit about our sponsors over at Tribe Tokes. Tribe Tokes is a CBD company. They have everything from beauty, all the beauty products you can think about it. Masks, creams, oils, cartridges for vape uh, vape pens, all of that. So please go to tribetokes.com now for all your CBD needs and use the promo code MACDADDY or KevinB and receive 20% off all your purchases now. Again, that's tribetokes.com. Use the promo code MACDADDY or KevinB and get 20% off all of your purchases now. So we want to switch gears a little bit. And I, I know that Kevin is not as big a fan as I am. But I'd like to talk a little bit about the 1998 Chicago Bulls documentary that it's out right now uh, called The Last Dance. I have thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I know that, you know, uh, not many people younger than us are enjoying it, obviously. But I honestly love hearing the behind-the-scenes stuff. I've learned quite a bit. I have learned that Scottie Pippen was completely underappreciated by the Bulls' uh, management, especially Jerry Krause. Uh, I've learned that Jerry Krause was an absolute dickhead, um, and he treated Phil Jackson and Scottie Pippen like crap. I mean, to look, to look at the yeah, greatest the general coach, manager was trash. To look at the greatest coach in NBA history and say. This is the last contract you're ever going to sign here. That is absolutely, absolutely ridiculous. Who is this five foot four nobody running the team telling Phil Jackson, the Zen master? He said that he said that the the front office was more important than the players. That's not true. He said that's not true. He said that the players don't win championships. The front office does to directly quote him and Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen. Let him have it. Um, There was a scene where they were low key roasting him that uh, not low key. There was a scene where they showed um, Scottie Pippen was just talking about it the whole time. They were on a bus trip from one city to another. And the whole time he was just standing up at the back of the bus screaming at Jerry Krause, just throwing insults, you know, don't you dare address me, who the hell are you, kind of thing to Jerry Krause. And to honestly, Jerry Krause brought it on himself. Now, um, uh, what I think is the greatest uh, quote 
from the first two episodes. I haven't gotten to episodes three and four, which premiered last night. Um, but I think the greatest quote that I heard was uh, Larry Bird talking about Michael Jordan's performance in the playoffs when they ran into the Celtics there. He's like, that's not Michael Jordan. That's God disguised as Michael Jordan. And for la- for one of the all-time greats to say that about another one of the all-time greats is pretty cool to hear. Um, yeah, and I'm looking forward to episodes three and four, which I did miss last night. Um because one of my favorite players, one of my favorite personalities in all of sports was highlighted, and that is Mr. Dennis Rodman. And one of the clips I did catch was Dennis Rodman in the middle of the season in typical Dennis Rodman fashion, asking for a couple days of vacation so he needs to, so he could clear his head and get away. And how else better to do that but to travel to Vegas? Mm-hmm. <laughs> in tip, again, I, in I, heard, I heard a story that Dennis Rodman broke his penis three times. So that is very, that's a very Dennis Rodman type thing. Um, only Dennis Rodman could probably do any way, Kevin. Yeah. I know you're not as big a fan as the last. Well, of, the, the, the reason last why it's just, I mean, the first episode was literally just everyone saying how great Michael Jordan was, and he was great, but it's just, ah, I didn't learn a lot. He's like, he's not, you know, a, a boring person. Like, his, I mean, he doesn't have anything interesting. To, like, I mean, his, he, he went to college. You know, he did his thing. He was um, immediately successful there. Then, I mean, I know that he's been cut from other teams before. But, I mean, uh, the majority of his life hasn't been that interesting. And he said that he doesn't do drugs or a party or drink, which uh, doesn't make him for a very, very likable person. Um, because, I mean, I would rather have a team of J.R. Smiths who party all day and party all night and take their shirt off and act crazy than a bunch of stick in the muds. You know, it's all about, I don't, I don't want to be that guy who just pushes way too hard in life and has no time for fun and no time to laugh and anything like that. I don't like those kinds of people. And I know that you will definitely um, achieve um, more if you're one of those people, kind of like Kobe or LeBron, and not Kobe, also LeBron, but also like uh, Michael Jordan, people that are just so laser focused that, you know, they achieve so much and, you know, they have all this, you know, wealth and all all these accolades and awards and stuff and then they look and they realize that they spent their whole life working and you know didn't do enough to appreciate life more you know what i mean uh, it's well, just that's just my let's, kind of let's not get it twisted here because michael jordan it's well documented michael jordan did have his fun Michael Jordan did party, man. Michael Jordan loved to go out and drink. He loved to go out and gamble. That's well documented. But honestly, being somebody, if you look into the backstory, especially the first episode, uh, you know that Michael Jordan was raised in a home where he was always actually looked at as not the best athlete, even in his own family. And Michael Jordan was actually cut from the junior, um, the varsity uh, basketball team. He wasn't cut. He was. He actually didn't make it in a tryout. Um, I know that. I mean, then, I'm not saying then, like he hasn't had his hardships. I'm just saying he's just his hardships haven't been interesting. Um, but yeah, they have because one of the championships that he won, he won right after his father was murdered. Um, I think that was one of the greatest runs that I've ever seen Jordan on. 
But anyway, um, Jordan did enjoy his life. Don't get, I mean, Jordan made a lot of money, not only from basketball, but obviously from to this day from his shoes, um, the best shoes out there. But I think that, you know, Michael Jordan knew that he had you only have so many years of an NBA career. So what he wanted to do was work hard, just like Kobe, be the best laser focus on that at that time. And then when it was over, he had all the fun he wanted to. Um, he achieved everything he was going to achieve. And th- and that's pretty much it. Um, now, I don't know if you know this. This is actually an interesting fact. Uh, the largest divorce settlement in American history actually belongs to Michael Jordan and Michael Jordan's ex-wife. <laughs> How big is it? Oh, it's huge. It's a hundreds of millions of dollars plus like four houses and six cars it was just ridiculous um (laughs) the total value of it was close to 500 million or something it was just insane but uh it's i'm serious look it up but anyway i just think that what the last dance is giving us is a really look into one of the most trying nba seasons from a team perspective i don't think that it was so much a focus on michael jordan and that's what a lot of people think about when they think about the 90s Bulls is they just think about Michael Jordan. And this is giving us an in-depth look at the entire team. I mean, they're interviewing guys like you don't even hear about anymore. Like last night, they had Bill Cartwright on. They had John Paxson on there. They had uh, Horace Grant. And Horace Grant is a key member of the first Bulls 3 P and, and B.J. Armstrong as well. So for them two to be involved in this documentary, I think, is huge. Um you know, Nick Wright might tell you that this documentary released <coughs> because LeBron is in the middle of surpassing Jordan. But what I think the, the reason that this documentary is released now is because um, it's time that these other guys get some recognition. And Jordan knows that. I mean, one of the best quotes from the documentary, again, is people should not speak Michael Jordan without speaking Scottie Pippen. And that's directly from Michael Jordan's mouth. And um, I think it's time that. Scottie Pippen finally gets the recognition that he deserves because Scottie so Pippen you're is, you're proving my point of a LeBron being better than MJ. No, is this, is this what's happening? However many episodes later. You're All right, saying, people should not speak LeBron James without speaking Dwayne Wade. Yeah, that's that's true. So it's the same thing to me. And Dwayne Wade, I think Dwayne. But he's Wade, also one without Dwayne Wade. He's one with Kyrie. Okay, yeah, but I mean, his first couple championships were run with Chris Bosh and Ray Allen and Dwayne Wade, and he had a good Miami Heat team. Let's not get it twisted. That Miami Heat team was stacked, but shout out Dallas Mavericks, baby. Shout out Dallas Mavericks, 2006. (laughs) Not 2006, 2012, my bad. Yeah, well, 2000, uh, I try to forget 2006 as a Mets fan. Uh, I've... It actually wasn't until 2015 when they made the World Series that I was actually allowing myself to enjoy things that were in 2006. I actively avoided any music, movies, or thank thank God the MCU didn't start until 2008 or else I would have been, oh my God, I don't even know. Listen, I I mean, I, I, I don't really get the whole drought thing. I've been very lucky as a sports fan. I've seen all of my major Wait, I have a question I have a question for you. I have a quick question oh. for you. Do you think that um that there that there is um maybe more than meets the eye with this coronavirus because now that it it happens and 
all the sports are knocked out. I think it's very weird that all of a sudden they have a Michael Jordan documentary. And it's the only new sports to- sports thing going on except for the draft. And now that the draft's over, we can get back to the last dance and stuff. Like, it doesn't – doesn't it strike you as odd, the, the, no. the timing of this, where anything – No, because – Where, no, where nothing's being shown and all of a sudden this, this Michael Jordan documentary comes out of nowhere? No, I, I, I honestly don't. I mean, I think that they – had a perfect marketing plan because once the coronavirus hit is when they announced that it would be coming out. I think it's great. There's no sports going on. Why don't we release this documentary? ESPN being the business people they are saw an opportunity that ratings would go through the roof. I mean, every former current old time new school, whatever you want to call it, every single person that not even just basketball, but the, you know, the world is into this documentary. Because there's no other sports going on. So I think that it was a brilliant marketing ploy. I think even Jordan and a couple other people. It just seems fishy. I think Jordan and a couple other people saw the opportunity and said, hey, let's make, you know, let's make it the best possible, the biggest possible audience that we could possibly get. Why don't we just show this? Because people are missing sports. I don't think there's anything behind it. Unless you're saying Michael Jordan released the coronavirus to, you know, launch a documentary. I'm not Which, saying that he. I'm not saying that he did, but I'm also not saying that he didn't. Michael Jordan I, I, don't need the money, bro. Uh, <laughs> I mean, who knows? I mean, he was on Haynes commercials. I mean, that motherfucker is loaded. Yo, he got he got that he's underwear so dough. His yo, shoes he, alone. He yo, he's straight up Captain Underpants in this bitch. <laughs> anyway, there is a little bit of news when it comes to the sports. Um, NBA has announced that in cities that are uh, lifting restrictions, easing restrictions, they're allowing individuals from teams to go work out at team facilities, um, you know, just not as a team yet, which I think could either be a good thing or a bad thing. I think that as in the NBA, you need to be a cohesive unit. And uh, I really don't think that a team is going to be in sync until they get to practice together as a team. UFC has announced that May 9th. Uh, Shout out to Mr. Blakiki and my mother and grandmother for all being born on that day. And Lisa Ann. Don't forget Lisa Ann, too. Oh, Lisa Ann. Shout out four legends being born on that day. Anyway. But uh, they have announced that May 9th, uh, UFC 249 will take place, but without fans. There is no news on how that will be televised. I do know that if you were trying to have an illegal live stream, good luck, because everybody and their mother is going to be streaming that, and you ain't even going to be able to get a good connection, because trust me, I've tried. Um, (laughs) On a regular night with no coronavirus going on, the live streams suck. So I can only imagine what it's going to be like. During this, anyway, just be um, an honorable person and just use and just use American or I guess in your your case Canadian currency and just do it. Hey, yo, do you have so you don't have ESPN Plus in Canada, do you? No, we have something called TSN. It's the sister company of ESPN, and it's pretty good. Like the Last Dance, the Last Dance is on ESPN in America. Well, here it's on Netflix, so I get to catch it every week on Netflix, and it never goes away. So that's pretty cool. Um, but anyway, um, 
Kevin, switching gears, uh, for those of you who don't know, shout out to Ryan Vernell from The Ryan Show, Hamptons Dave, and Mr. Cheeks for being supporters of ours. They have uh, helped us behind the scenes get used to filming this show and everything. And as you both know, as you all know, all six of you, as you all know, <laughs> um, Kevin and I are both writers for the TheRyanShow.net. So, Kevin, I got to ask you, um, what do you have coming up? What do you have planned to be released on the TheRyanShow.net? I have no idea. Um, I need to be inspired. Um, it, I might I might start doing that underappreciated players series, kind of like what you do. Um, I don't know. I'm also thinking about uh, starting up my own blog. I don't know if it'll just be sports-related. Uh, I'm not an expert in anything. I just like to talk about various things that interest me. So I'm not going to be a full-on movie critic or a full-on music critic. If, if I listen to an album, I'll give you my thoughts on it. You know, uh, maybe I might talk about some MCU movies since now we have all this time. Um, I can, you know, afford to uh, talk about movies for however long. Uh, also, shout-out Avengers Endgame. Uh, yesterday was their one-year anniversary of being released. Biggest movie in uh, box office history, and it was a tearjerker. Amazing movie. Uh, still not st- hot take. Still not better than the 2012 Avengers movie. But um, uh, feel free to uh, hate on me in the comments um, or any any anywhere. Just send me an angry letter. I'll hand out my email address if you. Uh, Oh, actually, my, my personal address, I will give it to you uh, if you DM me on Instagram at Kevin Blakicki or the Mac Kevin Podcast or Mac Daddy Sports Network. Uh, feel free to ask for my Venmo, uh, my Cash App, and feel free to uh, travel within 30 miles of me so I can swipe right on Tinder and Bumble. Um, am I missing <laughs> anything? <laughs> no. But uh, I want to let the people know a little bit what uh, I have going on. Just last week, I was able to speak with uh, Gene McClendon. He is the CEO and founder of After Sports and More. Shout out to After Sports and More and Alex over there. Uh, we do a lot of networking together. Um, but Gene McClendon is the owner founder. They, uh, they What they do is it's called After Sports and Entertainment. What they do is they keep the spotlight on after the career is over. So they have clients such as Ray Lewis, Lawrence Taylor, Warren Moon, uh, Eric Dickerson, some really big names. Also, Michael uh, Irvin. Michael Irvin, Colette V. Smith, for those who don't know, she was the first African-American female coach in NFL history and also the first female coach in Jets franchise history under Todd Bowles. J-E-T-S, baby. And also, you know, this week I got a couple of big things coming up Uh, today being the biggest. um, I will be speaking to one of the goats, one of the greats, uh, an absolute legend in Mr. Sugar Ray Leonard. Uh, I really, really, really looking forward to this being an amateur boxer and, you know, also and an amateur, um, an amateur person, amateur, Canadian, and an amateur, person. Yes. amateur father. No, oh, you're, whoa, whoa, you're whoa. good. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I'm sure also, you're wonderful. Uh, and also we have scheduled a, uh, 
interview with Mr. David Meltzer. If you don't know who David Meltzer is, he has the Playbook podcast, and he's also the former CEO of Lee Steinberg and Sports, which was the firm that inspired the movie Jerry Maguire. So I'm really looking forward to that because that's a man full of positivity and full of a great message. Uh, so both him and Sugar Ray are going to be great, powerful interviews that I can't wait to uh, publish on the Ryanshow.net. Um, as for other things that I got going on, it's not really much. Uh, you can find me on at MacDaddy Sports Network on Instagram. Um, Plug your blog. Again, I, um, and also if you go to MacDaddySports.Sport.Blog, you will find all of my writing, some of which you cannot find on the RyanShow.net. Um, because he will not send it to me for whatever reason. <laughs> well, he's also been doing it for a lot longer since, you know, than when he joined the Ryan show. So, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't know what I'll be writing this week, but I'm sure it'll be in English. I can promise you that. Oh, come on, man. I was hoping that we could uh, uh, appeal to some of our Latino viewers and write. Some oh, stuff sorry. So out of six, I guess it's one or two. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Somebody Jose and Jose B. There you go. Um, <laughs> anyway, this has kind of been like a short episode. Kev, is there anything you want to add in the sports world? Um, um, any... Well, I mean, Gronk unretired. I think we talked about that last week. Um, I don't, I don't really have anything else to add other than the fact that the Jets really botched this draft. They did not do a great job. They passed on a bunch of wide receivers and a bunt and a kicker, and they took a quarterback when they didn't need to, who was a scrub. I've no, I mean, who knows? He might be good. He, you know, I've never heard of Daniel Jones, and he was taken in the top five, so um, or the top ten. I'm not sure. I don't remember the exact pick, but I mean. It's yeah. The top 10. It's pick seven. Pick seven. Or yeah. Six. One of two. So, yeah. So just be sure to uh, be safe out there in this pandemic. And one last final thought from Mac Daddy. Oh yes, one one final thought from Mac Daddy. What do you got for us, big player? Please, whatever you do, contrary to what the commander in chief says, do not inject yourself with any disinfectants. Please just keep washing your hands and respect social distancing guidelines. Uh, Clorox and Lysol are not good for you. Can we, can we just have to put that out there? Clorox chewables are not a thing. All right. So please. I mean, yeah, honestly, if if we're if we're keeping it a hundred, I am definitely at least sympathetic to the uh, the Tide Pod eaters. I mean, it does look pretty delicious if I'm if I'm being completely transparent and 100% frank. Um, it looks, it looks it, about as good as Double Bubble, so yeah. I could be, I it could it looks that. it looks like a, a freaking fruit gusher. Yes, it does. You know, maybe you know a little uh, a little Jello to go, if you will. <laughs> um, but stay away from Tide Pods, stay away from Clorox, stay away from Lysol. Um, please wash your hands. Uh, I just recently got a mask from my employer. They finally decided to give a crap about me. And I found on the Internet, and this has to be true, that a good way to know if your mask works is for you to hold up a lighter like such and flick it up and try and blow on it. Obviously, I blew it out there because you don't have, I have a mask sh- on. No, um, <laughs> but if you do, are a- if you are 
uh, wearing a mask and it blows out, that means that it will not save you from the coronavirus or COVID-19. And if you can't blow it out, that means that you are safe. Okay. So one last make piece sure, of advice. Make sure, make sure you do your reading and your research and follow, uh, you know, I almost said segregation, social distancing. Please, please don't. Please don't talk about segregation. It's not <laughs> All right, good. What, one last piece of advice <laughs> from me. Um, remember, if you want to piss off a Trump supporter, all you have to do is directly quote him and they will they will be very angry about that uh I've, all right I've let's, let, be- let's 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 stay in our lane buddy let's stay in our lane we are a, we are a sports entertainment podcast and you're gonna this- you gonna tell me that watching his daily briefings isn't a sport and entertainment in itself come on yeah i mean okay all right yeah you're right when you're right you're right uh but we will catch anyway. you on the flippity flip uh hopefully next week with week with episode six of the Mac and Kevin podcast, Mac Daddy, you got the final word. Thanks for joining us, everybody, and we hope that more than six people listen this week. Love y'all. <laughs> Deuces. <laughs>